Hold your Bibles up. We've been proclaiming that we're going to destroy the works of the enemy in our lives by marching according to the Word of God, using our weapon. This is our weapon. It's our sword. Hallelujah. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can have what it says I can have. I can be what it says I can be. And I can do what it says I can do. Okay, let's put a little supercharge to it. <laughs> this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I better have what it says I can have. I better be what it says I can be. And I better do what it says I can do. Can we give the Lord an offering for the written Word? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to start in Genesis and wind up in Revelation. <laughs> Look at your watch. Dear, dear. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't do that to you. Well, I might. God is so good. You know, um, I uh, did not discuss with Bobby Jean anything to minister on. I just I believe in giving ministers of the gospel full free reign. Let Holy Spirit be their guide. Amen. Let Holy Spirit do the work through them. I don't have to orchestrate a thing. Amen. Amen. Neither does anyone else. And so she preached on going back to the basics, going back to the basics, going back to the basics. I've been Holy Ghost baptized for 31 years about, 32 maybe. I lose track of time. And that was refreshing to me to hear going back to the basics. Amen. But what she didn't know was Holy Spirit had already told me to minister on pretty much the same thing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Let's just put this in a... I'm a visual learner, so let's just put this in a picture. We are created for God's pleasure. Does it not say that? We are created for His good pleasure. And when He created man in His image, He created us with purpose. And that was to fellowship with Him, to be a friend, to hang out with Him, to enjoy Him, and He to enjoy us. You know, He had the created beings we call angels. He had a bun- has a bunch of them, has a whole lot of them. And, you know, praise the Lord, there's a bunch in this room with us. Hebrews 1.14, Are not angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Are you going to heaven? Then you have angels assigned to you, and they work with you, and they keep you, they protect you, they do all kinds of things. And praise the Lord for co-laborers in the kingdom. They bring messages from the throne room of God. Hallelujah. But when God created creation that He called man, can you imagine what these angels are going? What is man? That He would be mindful of them. What is man? What is man? We didn't know there was such. Well, there wasn't. Father had this thing birthed in Him. I'm going to create a creation after my own self. Jesus thought it's a pretty good idea, and Holy Spirit did too. They got together, and, and He fixed this planet for us to inhabit so that He could come and visit with us. Hallelujah. You read in Genesis, God came down in the cool of the evening, walked and talked with Adam. You ever think about what He talked about? Hey, Adam, come here. Come here. You see that funny little creature right there? Isn't that the funniest thing you ever saw? Let me tell you how I made him. And you know, Adam wasn't a dummy. I mean, think about it. He had 100% use of his brain. We are all brain damaged. I mean, what Einstein had what? I don't know, remember 10, 12% of the use of his mind? So we're far under that. I think I might be a one or two. 
or a half. But nonetheless, God didn't get surprised by the fall which damaged his creation. He had a plan, and that plan was to redeem mankind from the clutches of the enemy. So, he sent Jesus. Hallelujah. Bought us with a horrible price. An incredible price. It says in the Word of God that God fixed Jesus an earth suit. My version. You know, when these guys go in space, they got to have a space suit to survive. Well, our spirits had to have an earth suit. And God created Jesus an earth suit. Put blood in it, His. Heavenly DNA. Positive H for holy. Holy, holy. Mm. And in that sacrifice, He redeemed us so that we might come back into the purpose of man's creation. And that is fellowship. Is that not the simple gospel? But how the enemy has hid that from the church. We get all this churchianity and we think that we have to work to get there. When everything has been paid for, it's just for us to receive it. I love Isaiah 55, 1 that says, Ho! Anyone who is thirsty, are you thirsty today? Anyone who is thirsty, let him come. Mmm. Come on in and dine. It's free. It was paid for. You simply have to give the sacrifice of receiving it. Now, isn't that easy? But yet we have come to this Christianity mentality of, I've got to work for it. I've just got to work for it. No, you don't. You have to learn to receive it. And that was hard for me, being raised in the church that I was raised in. That was hard for me to shift those gears and and quit thinking that I had to earn it and simply for the self-surrendering sacrifice of receiving everything that God has. Just say, yes, I'll take it. Oh, it was paid for on Calvary. I'll take it. Hallelujah. So, that is the simple of the whole in about two minutes. Amen. Now, let's just look at this a minute. There are principles that God has put into motion. And as long as we learn how to walk and work with those principles, uh, He'll just take us there. We've got to receive. The work is to receive. The work is to understand that it isn't about us, it's about Him. Amen. We sing that song. It's all about you, Jesus. Amen. And then we go out and live like it's all about me. What about me? I like Joyce Meyer. What about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? (laughs) Oh, goodness. We're just going to go back and look at some simple things, and then I'm going to get in the deep stuff. Salvation. We've got to hear the good news. We've got to hear that Jesus died so that we can be bought back from the devil. We were held captive in the land of sin. Doomed to a devil's hell. God didn't make hell for us. He made it for the devil and his fallen angels. But because of the fall, because Adam and Eve blew it, got ahead of God, got to figure... You know what? Did you ever read that real close? What the devil said to them? Oh, God doesn't want you to eat this fruit. He'll know that you'll just be like Him. They were already like Him. You talk about deceit. They were already made in His image. They were already like Him. Full of wisdom and knowledge. They were already there. You know, there's a whole lot of people trying to get to where they already are. Amen. Trying to get to who you already are. When you got born again, when you got saved, you are complete in Him. You're there. Now we just need the revelation of it. And that's what we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. Ah, revelation. Glory. (laughs) 
saved. You got to hear the good news. You got to believe it. You got to say, Oh Lord, I've blown it. I've missed it. I'm going to repent. I'm sorry. And then receive Jesus as Lord. You got to obey Him. What did He say to do? Repent and be baptized. You got to get water baptized. I don't understand what that does. Do you understand what that does? I don't understand how a car works, nor do I understand how this microphone works, but that don't stop me from operating it. Amen. So I just did it. And get the benefits of being obedient to Father. Amen. Got to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, sister, I received the Holy Spirit when I got the water baptized. Excuse me. You may have and you may not have. Go back to the Word of God. Read the book of Acts. You're going to find all kinds of interesting things if you just read with your open heart and open mind saying, Jesus, show me. And then read the book of Acts. You're going to find out some goodies in there. There were some people that had been born again, saved, going to heaven, that had not been filled with the Holy Spirit. They had not received the Holy Spirit baptism. And so the apostles came from Jerusalem, laid hands on them, and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Glory to God. And then once we're saved, we've got to be steadfast and faithful. Amen. We can't be flaky. We can't be in one day and out the next and expect to walk in the supernatural. Amen. And let me just say here, the supernatural should be very natural to a born-again believer. The supernatural should be very natural. It shouldn't be a wowie moment and then ten years later another wowie moment. We should be living in the supernatural every moment, every breathing time of our life until Jesus calls us home. We should be walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, but why aren't we doing that? Why are not we doing that? Help us, Jesus. Again, it takes hunger. We've got to be hungry. We've got to be hungry. We've got to be dying to ourselves. Our flesh wants to rise up and get in the way. We can't afford that luxury anymore. We are in the last days. We are in the last moments. And whether Jesus comes back today, in the next half a second, or in the next hundred years, in God's calendar, we're still in the last days. We may not be alive tomorrow. We may take our last breath. Hallelujah. Now, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the first order is to be born again. Duh, that's a (laughs) no-brainer. Born again. It was a prophecy foretold in Joel 2.28. And the Word speaks of several baptisms, but it speaks of water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism and fire baptism. Who's been in the fire baptism besides me? (laughs) Yeehaw. Jesus said we would worship God in spirit and in truth. Well, you know, where I was raised, it was, it was, and, and, you know, most of churchianity in the United States, that, that was taught as an attitude. You have to have the right attitude to worship. And we do. I'm not belittling that. But when Jesus said you're going to worship God in spirit, that's what he meant. In the Holy Spirit. We've got to worship him in and through the Holy Spirit, which we experienced marvelously this morning already. Let's just get out there in it. Amen. Backstroke a little bit. Swimming in the river of God. Mm, There's life. Well, if Jesus said we're going to worship that way, I guess we just do that. And Jesus was talking in Luke chapter 11 and chapter 12. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he said, now look, if you folks being uh, like you are, evil in one translation, you know, if you're evil like you are and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so does your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? Good gifts. He will not give you anything that will harm you. He will give you something good. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to receive the good. Hallelujah. 
Jesus also said that in Mark 16 that signs and wonders would follow those that what? Believe. Believe. Are signs and wonders following you? Ouch. Or oh me, help me Jesus. Let me ask you again. Are signs and wonders following you? In my Bible, if you have the red letter edition, it's in red. What does that mean? Jesus is speaking. What did he say? Believe. Be baptized. And these signs will follow them that believe. Well, if signs and wonders aren't following, there's a problem. Amen? Ask God to show you what it is. There's much work to do in the kingdom, and that consists of, again, sacrificing your own way and picking up His. And then when you pick up His way, then the signs and wonders are going to follow. It's the promise. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus. Oh, my goodness. The blood of Jesus, not only does it cleanse us from all unrighteousness, it makes that atonement for us, it gets us saved, it justifies us. That's, that just simply means just as if I'd never sinned, justifies. Can you grasp that? Just as if I'd never sinned. Thank you, Jesus. I tell the guys in the prison, you know, I don't have an alcohol testimony. I don't have a promiscuousness testimony. I don't have a drug testimony. Well, wait a minute. I do. I was drugged to church Sunday morning. I was drugged to church Sunday night. And I was drugged to church Wednesday night. That's my drug testimony. But I have a testimony that is far worse. Far worse than any of that. You can just see them going, what could that be? I was a Pharisee, a hypocrite. Looked good on the outside and rotten on the inside. I was the church secretary. I was the Sunday school teacher. I taught class Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I looked down my nose on anyone that did not go to my church. I condemned you to hell. They're not a part of me, not a part of this church. They're going to hell. I was one that Jesus called a snake and a viper. So when I say thank you, Jesus, for saving me, I mean it. I would have busted hell wide open had my soul been required of me during that time. Oh, but the Word says in Ephesians, but God. (laughs) So rich in mercy, had mercy on me, a hypocrite. And I got born again, gloriously. And I became hungry. And the Word became alive for the first time in my life. I began to read the Word of God for fellowship instead of to beat someone over the head with. I could cut and slice and dice you and walk away feeling good about it. But my whole being had changed. And I began to see that I needed this thing called baptism of Holy Spirit. (laughs) Make a long story longer. No, I'm going to condense it. I snuck away out of this town so nobody would know me to a little Pentecostal church in Sweetwater. I'd never set foot outside my denomination, ever. And I walked into that little bitty church 
<gasps> they have a piano. <laughs> Drums. <laughs> a guitar. I knew how to play. Down at the front, a man was praying in tongues. I leaned against the back wall and I said, Jesus, am I supposed to be here? So I sat down on the back seat by the back door. A safe place. And the preacher got up and he preached exactly what I needed to hear. Imagine that. My heart at the invitation went, I ain't going down there. <laughs> you see, in 1975, I was very bashful, painfully shy. He closed the invitation and started giving the announcements and he had this funny look on his face. I've never done this before. How many has heard that? <laughs> I've never done this before. God just told me to open the invitation back up. And I knew I was a goner. <laughs> okay, Lord, I'll go down there. So I go down there. I stand there. Scared half out of my mind. Have you been there? Some of you are today. That's okay. I was scared half out of my mind. And he said, Sister, what do you want God to do for you? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that I want to be what God wants me to be. And I want to do what God wants me to do. And I want to go where God wants me to go. And he said, Well, turn around and tell the church that. <laughs> I swallowed everything I had within me and I turned around and I repeated that and I turned real back fast. Then he said, All you women, come down here and pray for her. Well, you know that was like saying sick them to a dog and... And throwing a bug out in a chicken yard. <laughs> and on this side, somebody was saying, Hang on, sister, hang on. And over here, they're going, Turn loose, sister, turn loose. <laughs> Scared half out of my mind. And the preacher said, Sister, raise your hands. said, no, raise your hands. No, raise your hands. You know, it didn't kill me to do that, but I thought it was. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they interceded, and they prayed so fervently, and I was so scared. And they quit. That was just to get their second breath. <laughs> and they started in again. Finally they quit after they saw that I was just not going to yield to the Holy Ghost. I was trying. And I left to get in my car, and I'll never forget this, a teenage girl followed me. And she said, Sister, sister, I just wanted to tell you, don't ever give up on God. Now that took guts for that teenage girl. I so admire that. And I said, you know what, I, I will not. I will not give up. That was on Saturday night. This particular fellowship had a Saturday night worship. And then they had a, another one Sunday morning. So I went to my church Sunday morning feeling strangely happy. Strangely, went to Sunday school, had a good time. Now, I didn't tell you before this, I was chronically depressed. Before my salvation, I was chronically depressed, chronically 
oppressed, no hope, no future, the whole nine yards. And here I am just strangely happy. Went to the worship service. Ooh, it was so good. It's good. Strangely happy. And then after the service, a girl came up to me that I had led to Jesus a couple of months before. And she told me she was experiencing a horrible tribulation problem. And I said, I will pray for you. But that didn't mean right there. That meant by myself. And so I got in the car. My little three kids were there. And I began to drive back home 10 miles out of Snyder, about two miles out. I was, oh, yeah, i got to pray for her. So I was driving and praying, and all of a sudden, <laughs> just felt like somebody unscrewed my head, poured this hot stuff in there, out of my belly, come this language, whoa, and I'm driving. You know that's dangerous. <laughs> I get home, I get the little kids out of the car, and I say, y'all go to your rooms and don't bother mother. (laughs) To my room, slammed the door, got on my knees, and I said, God, was that you? (laughs) And out of my belly come another language, different, powerful. And I have not been the same since. You see, that's what Holy Spirit wants to do to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Bringing us into what God created us for. And that's simply for fellowship with Him. As we pray in the anointing, as we pray in the Holy Ghost, we are speaking mysteries to God. And we're also edifying our spirit. Hallelujah. Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to pray in God's perfect prayer? Oh, hallelujah. Glory. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Hmm. The blood of Jesus gives us overcoming power. Whoops, my notes. I can't lose my notes. Now there's all kinds of other teaching. I could teach you on how to test the voices. Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it me? There's all kinds of ways to learn how. But you know what? Holy Spirit's going to teach you if you want to learn. Hallelujah. I want to get into Revelations. Not the book of Revelations. Revelations. I have been believing God for signs and wonders and unusual miracles. Why would I stretch my faith out to believe that? Because I'm created in His image. And I know the heart of my Father is to bring people into His kingdom so that they can be birthed and be His kid and He can start fellowshipping with them. And what's going to do it? Signs and wonders. In this country, we are so gospel-hardened. It's going to take signs and wonders to break it. And I'm believing God for unusual manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Right here. So you just get ready. And as I was praying, I said, God, praying for this conference, God, I want to see unusual signs and wonders. I want to see, I mean, Lord, if you want to manifest gold dust where I can sweep it up and pay for my debts, that'd just be lovely. Or a gold nugget with diamonds around it like I saw the other day at a a conference that someone brought back a photograph of. It just appeared. And as the woman held it in her hand, it formed into a shape of a heart with diamonds around it. Nuggets of gold. I went, I could do that. I mean, I could could take it and, and go sell it and put it in the kingdom. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm, you know, it's all about kingdom. It's not about us. It's not about getting, getting money or goodies or whatever to spend on ourselves. It's kingdom. Let's get it in there. Let's get the gospel preached. Hallelujah. Signs and wonders. So I was praying, God, if you want to just fill us with feathers in this room, that'd just be great. I mean, I don't care. The mist, I've seen the, the glory just come in. And it's like a fog. Ooh. Father, that'd be good. I mean, whatever you want to do, God, I just want signs and wonders. I just want your presence, oh God. I want everything done to glorify you. So he laid on my heart to preach on Revelation. 
why, Lord, why'd you do that? I had never taught a message on this. He said, you asked me for signs and wonders, didn't you? If you preach salvation, you get salvations, don't you? If you preach on healing, you get healings, don't you? Yes, sir. You want signs and wonders, you preach on the things that will usher that in. But God, I had never done that before. You are stretching me. <laughs> so we're going to look at that. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 1. Oh, the Word of God is good. Hallelujah. Unless you have the Message Bible, it's not going to sound like what I'm reading out of. Ezekiel is saying, When I was 30 years of age, I was living with the exiles on the Kabar River. On the fifth day of the fourth month, the sky opened up and I saw visions of God. It was the fifth day of the month in the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim that God's word came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, on the banks of the Kibar River in the country of Babylon. God's hand came upon him that day. Look at your neighbor and say, God's hand is going to come upon me today. Yes, yes, yes. Mm, Can you feel that? I looked and I saw an immense dust storm coming from the north, an immense cloud with lightning flashing from it. Have you ever seen the lightnings of God? I have. That's pretty interesting. I mean, wow, I want more. (laughs) Give me more, Lord, give me more. I am hungry for Him. Anything that concerns Him, I want it. Hallelujah. A lightning flash from it and a huge ball of fire glowing like bronze. Within the fire there was what looked like four creatures vibrant with life. Each had the form of a human being, but each also had four faces and four wings. Their legs were as sturdy and straight as columns, but their feet were hoofed like those of a calf sparkled from the fire like burnished bronze. On all four sides of their wings they had human hands. All four had both faces and wings with the wings touching one another. They turned neither one way nor the other. They went straight forward. Their faces looked like this. In the front of a human face, on the right side of the face, of a lion on the left side of the face, an ox in the back of the face, an eagle. So much for the faces. The wings were spread out with the tips of one pair. Oh, and in the front, a human face. The wings were spread out with the tips of one pair touching the creature on either side. The other pair of wings covered its body. Each creature went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit went, they went. They didn't turn as they went. The four creatures looked like blazing fire or fiery torches. Tongues of fire shot back and forth with the creatures, and out of the fire, boats of lightning. The creatures flashed back and forth like strikes of lightning. As I watched the four creatures, I saw something that looked like a wheel on the ground beside each of the four-faced creatures. This is what the wheels looked like. They were identical wheels, sparkling like diamonds in the sun. They looked like they were the wheels within wheels, like a gyroscope. They went in any one of the four directions they faced, but straight, not veering off. The rims were immense, circled with eyes. The living creatures went, the wheels went. The living creatures lifted off, the wheels lifted off. Wherever the spirit went, they went, the wheels sticking right with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When the creatures went, the wheels went. When the creatures stopped, the wheels stopped. When the creatures lifted off, the wheels lifted off, because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Over the heads of the living creatures was something like a dome, shimmering like a sky full of cut glass, vaulted over their heads. Under the dome, one set of wings was extended toward the others, another set of wings covering their body. When they moved, I heard their wings. It was like the roar of a great waterfall, like the voice of the strong God, like the noise of a battlefield. When they stopped, they folded their wings. And when they stood with folded wings, there was a voice that came from above the dome over their heads. Above the dome, there was something that looked like a throne, sky blue, like a sapphire, with human-like figures towering above a figure towering above the throne. From what I could see, from the waist up, he looked like burnished bronze, and from the waist down, like a blazing fire. Brightness everywhere, the way a rainbow springs out of the sky on a rainy day. That's what it was like. It turned out to be the glory of God. When I saw all this, I fell to my knees, my face to the ground, and then I heard a voice. Wow. Was that, a, was that an experience or what? It was an or what? Wow. Would you like to experience that? I would. 
Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 1 of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Master sitting on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Angel seraph hovered over above him, each with six wings. Two wings they covered their face, with two their feet, with two they flew. They called back and forth one to the other, Holy, holy, holy is the God of the angel armies. His bright glory fills the whole earth. The foundations trembled at the sound of the angel voices, and then the whole house filled with smoke, and I said, Doom, it's doomsday. I am good as dead. Every word I've spoken is tainted and blasphemous even, and the people I live with talk the same way, using the words that corrupt and desecrate. And here I've looked God in the face, the King, God of the angel armies. And then one of the angels, Sarah, flew to me. He held a live coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with the coal and said, Look, this coal has touched your lips. Gone is your guilt. Your sin wiped out. And then I heard the voice of the Master. <laughs> I heard the voice of the Master. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I spoke up. I'll go. Send me. Hallelujah. Do you like that experience? I would. Now turn with me to Revelation chapter 4. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation chapter 4. Then I looked, and oh, a door opened into heaven. The trumpet voice, the first voice in my vision, called out, Ascend and enter. I'll show you what happens next. And I was caught up at once in deep worship, and oh, the throne set in heaven with one seated on the throne, suffused in, in gem hues of amber and flame of emerald. Twenty-four thrones circled the throne with twenty-four elders seated, white robe, gold crowned, lightning flashed, thunder crashed, pulsed from the throne. Seven fire-blazing torches fronted the throne. These are the sevenfold Spirit of God. Before the throne, it was like a clear crystal sea. Prowling around the throne were four animals, all eyes, eyes to look ahead, eyes to look behind. The first like a lion, the second like an ox, the third with a human face, the fourth like an eagle in flight. Have we just read that somewhere else? The, the, the animals were winged, each with six wings. They were all eyes, seeing around and within, and they chanted night and day, never taking a break. Holy, holy, holy is our God, our Master, sovereign, strong, the was, the is, the coming. Every time the animals gave glory and honor and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the age after age living one, the 24 elders would fall prostrate before the one seated on the throne. They worshiped the age after age living one. They threw their crowns at the foot of the throne, chanting, Worthy, O Master, yes, our God. Take the glory. Take the honor. Take the power. You created it all. It was created because you wanted it. And I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one seated on the throne. It was written on both sides, fastened with seven seals. I also saw a powerful angel calling out in a voice like thunder, Is there anyone here who can open the scroll? Who can break its seals? There was no one. No one in heaven, no one on earth, no one from the underworld able to break the scroll and read it. I wept and wept, and no one was found to open the scroll and able to read it. And one of the elders said, Don't weep. Look, the line from the tribe of Judah, the root of David's tree, has conquered. He can open the scroll, rip it 
through the seven seals. So I looked, and there, surrounded by the throne, the animals, the elders, was a lamb, slaughtered but standing tall. Seven horns he had, seven eyes of the seven spirits of God, sent into all the earth. And he came to the one seated on the throne and took the scroll from his right hand. And the moment he took the scroll, the four animals and twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped the lamb. Each had a harp, each had a bowl, gold bowls filled with incense, the prayers of God's holy people. And they sang a new song, Worthy. Take the scroll, open the seal, slain, paying in blood, you bought men and women, bought them back from all over the earth, bought them back for God. Then you made them a kingdom, priest for our God, priest kings to rule over the earth. And I looked again and I heard a company of angels around the throne, the animals, the elders, ten thousand times, ten thousands their number, thousand after thousand after thousand in full song. Oh, don't you want to hear that? The slain lamb is worthy. Take the power, the wealth, the wisdom, the strength. Take the honor, the glory, the blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, the underworld and the sea join in. All voices in all places singing to the one on the throne, to the lamb, the blessing, the honor, the glory, the strength for age after age after age. And the four animals called out, oh yes. And the elders fell to their knees and worshipped. Hallelujah. Don't you want to experience that? I do. All that God has, I want to experience. Why? Because it enables me to fulfill the very purpose of my existence, and that is to worship, to fellowship with the One who made me. And so are you. Created for His fellowship. Created for His good pleasure. Do you realize that this book, every word of this book was written because of an experience? Did you thought of it that way? It was written because of an experience. In our culture, in our church world today, we have made it afraid to venture into an experience. Am I right? And we're so afraid that we don't even try. But I am telling you, Holy Spirit is calling deep unto deep, and He wants each one of us to experience the Father. Now, He gets to pick how we do it. But the key is that we become hungry to experience the reality of God. And then see what happens is all this knowledge you've got crammed up in here drops down into here. And you can say, Oh, I know that I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep me unto that day. Hallelujah. Let's get in the river and swim. Let's believe God. Hallelujah. You heard Sister Bobby Jean last night talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did that not make you hungry? Did that not get you excited about the things of God? Hallelujah. It's there waiting on us. In Genesis 28 and in John chapter 1, you, you read of that there are angels ascending and descending, ascending and descending, ascending and descending. Well, that sounds exciting. But you know it makes it even more exciting when you hear them. The words written become something experienced. I mean, right here in this room, we have audibly heard angels worshiping with us. Even someone that really didn't believe in that heard angels audibly worshiping with us. That moved it from head knowledge to experience. When I first heard them, it just blew my mind. It began uh, years ago, and, and I would think, man, that air conditioner sure is blowing loud because it sounded like... And that's all I heard. 
Well, you know, it kept doing that the next time I came and the next time I came. I thought, that is so strange. But then I began to hear voices. And then one time we were in the living room, we were worshiping. You know, God can meet you in your house. And we were worshiping, and I began to hear that same. And I thought, ooh. I hear them. I hear them. And then I began to hear the different melodies. You know, they can really get down. You know? I mean, we, we attempt, but they just do it. And then I began for the first time hear the words. And I got up and I ran and found me a pencil and piece of paper and started writing the words down. And I, I thought, man, this sounds like Scripture. Do you know they sing the Word? Hallelujah. And I did. I found it. I looked it up on the PC Study Bible and found two different Scriptures they had blended in a song. Praising our Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb, for you have bought a people with your blood. <laughs> well, you know, that just took my head knowledge of the Word and just shoved it right down into experience. Did you know the devil can't rob me of that? And people wonder, why do you stay so excited? Because I have experience. I've got lots of head knowledge, but now I have experience. And did you know when Holy Spirit gives you experience, it'll never conflict with this, ever? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I found a verse that was interesting in Daniel chapter 4, verse 13, that Daniel said, I was laying on my bed with visions of God in my head. And a watcher angel came. Whoa, that sounds interesting. A watcher angel came with a message. Now, you know, those of us that's been in this walk quite a while, we've heard watcher angel in the negative term. Fallen angels, demons watching, and they do. But you know what? All they see when they see me, I'm just believing is the glory of God. <laughs> You can hide yourself so much in Jesus when you walk down the street, they don't think Jesus is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is that not true? Amen. Hidden in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to His holy name. Well, isn't that interesting to be laying on your bed and have visions in your head and an angel interrupt? Hello? I want that. Lord, can I have that? Well, of course you can, daughter. It's my pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay, I'll take it. So one day, I'm going to be laying there on my bed with visions of God in my head. And I'm going to have an angelic visit. Hallelujah. If y'all want one, ask for it. Get your own. <laughs> in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and Acts 2, verse 17, Peter reflected on what Joel had prophesied in the last days. In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And then goes into the signs and wonders part. Was Peter making that relevant for then? Yes. So it's relevant for us today. So we can have visions and dreams. That, In fact, it was a dream that got me started toward Jesus. I had this dream that I was standing on this thing looking over something and I saw the earth. It was about that big. And it was a blazing fire. I knew it was the earth and I woke up sweating because I knew I was not right with God. And from that dream was one year till I got born again. You see, God deals with us however He wants to. Hallelujah! And... You know, I often wondered, God, how, how did I experience salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because my circle was not outside my church. I knew no one outside my church. 
And I asked him one day, Lord, how, I know someone had to be interceding for me, so who was it? I mean, not that you have to tell me, God, but I, you know, I'm just a curious mind here, and I'd like to know. And he brought my memory to um, back several years before my salvation that I was going to a church in Lubbock and someone had put in newspapers all across the world a Bible correspondence course and the response was so overwhelming they were asking churches to take a a bunch of it and and help. And so I was um, doing that. I would grade their papers and send back their next lesson and then come back and I had several all over the world and one lady that I had when when the survey, you know, what church do you belong to, et cetera, of course it wasn't mine. And, you know, uh, it was the apostolic church. I didn't have a clue what that was. Well, I have a clue now. And the Lord just brought to my memory that particular lady. And I know that she was on her face interceding for me. Hallelujah. You see, God's not going to do anything unless someone asks Him. But He will tap, tap you on the shoulder. One time I was minding my own business, and in fact I was I was taking a bath, and on the wall, this TV thing just appeared, and I'm looking at it, and it was an apartment, a clean, immaculate apartment. What am I seeing, God? I mean, I know I'm seeing or a living room, but what what's going on here? And He said. This is a young woman in California's apartment. Pray for her. She's trying. She's getting to the point of committing suicide. And so I just interceded until the burden left. You see, God is wanting to do stuff. He's wanting to do stuff. He is needing hands and feet and a voice on the earth. He's wanting to do things to bring people into the kingdom. Hallelujah. And we're the vessel. Amen. Now, you know, I, I've, I like one-liners, and I, I use this one an awful lot, but I want to zing it into your spirit. We are not a human being having a temporary uh, spiritual experience when we have these encounters with God. But we are a spirit being having a temporary human experience. Do you get that? We're not after a temporary spiritual experience. We are a spirit being already. And when we're saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost, we should be constantly experiencing the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, uh, in Peter, in Acts, Peter was having a trance. And, and you all know the story as well as I do. He was lost. The, my version that I was reading it out, I said he was lost in God's presence. And he has this vision. And that vision changed the Gentile world. One word from God can change destinies of other people. One word. But you've got to open yourself up for the experience. You've got to ask Him, God, I want the experience. Give me what you would have me experience. Well, He's just been waiting. Oh, looky there. They've asked, go get them, Holy Spirit. Give it to them. And it will always bring you into a closer relationship with Jesus. And it will always change others around you. Hallelujah. Uh, Paul, you know about Paul in 2 Corinthians? He took a trip to third heaven. He said, oh, I saw stuff I can't tell you. Well, why not, Paul? I mean, you know, now you got my curiosity up. I wish you said it. You know, you someone walk up to you, oh, you just never guess. You'll just never guess. But I can't tell you.
Mr. Mr. 